In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We come here in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ to make our prayer. And we believe, Lord, that you are here with your body, your blood, your soul, and your divinity, really, truly, and substantially present under the form of bread. And I'd like to pray using the scene of Easter afternoon, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, about the importance of friendship in our life. And we, I want to show the great importance, humanly and supernaturally, of friendship that's so often undervalued in our society. The prelate of Opus Dei wrote us a letter on friendship in April, and he said something very beautiful. He said, our personal happiness does not depend on the successes we achieve, but rather on the love that we receive and the love that we give. Now let's look at this scene where you, Lord, come out to meet those two sad disciples on Easter Sunday afternoon. Two of the disciples of Jesus were on their way to a village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking together about all that had happened. Now as they talked, Jesus himself came up and walked by their side. But something prevented them from recognizing him. And he said to them, what matters are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped short, their faces downcast. They were sad. Then one of them, called Cleopas, answered him, You must be the only person staying in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these last few days. What things? he asked. All about Jesus of Nazareth, they answered, who proved that he was a great prophet, by all the things he said and did in the sight of God and the whole people, and how our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and had him crucified. Our own hope had been that he would be the one to set Israel free. And this is not all. Two whole days have passed since it all happened, and some women from our group have astounded us. They went to the tomb in the early morning, and when they did not find the body, they came back to tell us that they had seen a vision of angels who declared he was alive. Some of our friends went to the tomb and found everything exactly as the women had reported, but of him they did not see. Jesus himself came up and walked by their side. You, Lord, come out to meet them. Jesus does not, want, does not want to lose even one of his friends. 
He draws close. He hears their sadness. He asks them, what things are you talking about? And they open up like a river. They explode about their sadness. And he listens to all they had to say, quietly, peacefully. These are all elements of friendship. Interest, spending time, listening. I always think, I'm always amazed that Jesus spent the largest part of Easter Sunday, two to three hours in the afternoon, not with apostles, not with other Mary Magdalene or his mother, but with these two nobodies, his friends, these two disciples. And we can ask us, Lord, teach us to live friendship too. To value it more. To understand its true greatness. The head of Opus Dei, the father, again in that letter on friendship last month, he said, we all need friendship. That gift of God that brings us consolation and joy. And St. Jose Maria, speaking about friendship, says, God has made human beings in such a way that we cannot help sharing the feelings of our hearts with others. If we have received some cause for happiness, we feel an inner force that makes us sing and smile, that makes us in one way or another bring others to share in our happiness. If it is sorrow that fills our soul, we want to have a quiet atmosphere around us that shows us that others understand and respect us. As human beings, my daughters and sons, we all need to be supported by one another. In order to travel along life's path, to make our hopes into realities, to overcome the difficulties, to enjoy the fruits of our labors, hence the great importance, both humanly and supernaturally, of friendship. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to make this a reality in our life, in my life. I remember I was in Ireland around 2002 when there was an IRA bombing in the town of Oma. And it was sort of the end of the summer it took place in a shopping center where a lot of moms and kids were buying back-to-school supplies. And a huge bomb went off in one of the stores, killing mostly women and children. And people were devastated. The whole country was devastated. And I remember seeing on television a priest they were interviewing. And they said, what do you say to someone, to people in such a, a tr tremendously horrible situation. He said, you don't say anything to them. You can't say anything. You just have to be there, to be with them, to support them. The same is true for us. 
Jesus comes up to us and walks by our side, seeking us out. Now in this time of prayer, our Lord has come into the world. He's remained in the tabernacle, looking for us, looking for you. And especially in the Mass, Jesus comes on the altar when the priest says those words. And in communion, those minutes after communion is Emmaus for us because Jesus comes and stays with us, inside of us. Personally, he's with us. For those few minutes, as long as the Eucharistic species exists inside of our stomach, he's with us. And he takes the initiative. You take the initiative, Lord. You see us when we're downhearted. You see us when we're going the wrong way. You see us when we fail, when we're lost. And you come personally, or sometimes through a friend, through the priest, but he comes. He doesn't leave us alone. He sends people to help us. And he seeks our friendship too. And people now in this time of the pandemic, the time of confinement, our friends, our family members, our colleagues, they need our friendship. They need, we need to reach out to them to give them perspective, to give them hope, to cheer them up, to keep them company, to support them, as these men in this moment needed the help of Jesus. And so this is a great time to reach out to people, to be there for them. I remember I love reading this famous story of Scott Hahn, who was a famous well-known convert, he was a Protestant preacher, now he's a Catholic theologian. But he talks about his own conversion. He was an evangelical in high school, and his conversion to taking the Bible and God seriously. He talks about meeting up with a friend. He says, it was at the end of my senior year of high school. I was on my way to the school for a rehearsal when I passed the home of my former best friend, Dave, his light was on. I thought I ought to stop by and at least say goodbye before graduating and going off to college. I'd barely seen him in the past couple of years. Perhaps they went to grade school together and had lost contact in high school. I rang the doorbell and Dave's mom answered the door, inviting me in. I think she'd heard that I'd gotten religion, and so she was delighted to see me. As I stepped in, Dave was coming down the stairs, putting his coat on. When he saw me, he stopped dead in his tracks. Scott, Dave, come on up. At first, it was very awkward. Then we began to talk and talk, and we were laughing and sharing, just like old times. What seemed like 15 minutes ended up being over two hours. I completely missed my rehearsal. As I lamented this fact, I suddenly said, but wait, you had your coat on. I'm sorry, I must have kept you from some plan too. Suddenly, his whole complexion changed. And he said, why did you come here tonight? Just to say goodbye and have a nice life. But why tonight? I don't know. Hey, did I make you miss something important? I looked at this big hunk of a guy who'd been so athletic, funny, and popular, and his voice was shaking. 
He reached into his bag and pulled out eight feet of rope, a noose at one end. I was going out to hang myself. I was up in a tree in the old apple orchard this afternoon, getting ready to do it, and two little girls walked by. But I thought, I've already ruined my life. Why ruin theirs? So I decided to do it tonight after it got dark. I was on my way out when you came. He started to cry and asked me to pray for him. We embraced and I prayed for him right then and there. It's a beautiful little story about just friendship, reaching out to someone out of the blue can literally save their life. People need us. They need our friendship. We need other people's friendship. As we said at the beginning, our personal happiness does not depend on the successes we achieve, but rather on the love we receive and the love we give. I remember a priest, an older priest of Opiste now has gone to his reward, Father Mike Curtin, who when his mother was very old, his mother was up in her 80s, he said to her one day, Mom, you've been around a long time. What's the most important thing in life? And she said one word, people. Take care of people, love people, serve people. That's the most important thing. And that's what Jesus tries to teach us. Because he made us to love us. He made you to love you. He made you to enter into a personal relationship of friendship in this world, which will then blossom in eternal life forever. That's the purpose of our life, to enter into a personal relationship with him. That's what he wants. That's why he came on the earth as a man. That's why he remains in the tabernacle with us. That's why he comes out to each one of us through the church, through the priest, through our friends. And it's always good to remember that it's always God who takes the initiative. He created the world. He created mankind. He loved each one of us into existence. He chose Abraham and called him. He chose Moses and called him. He chose David. You, Lord, chose to come into this world and be a man like us so that you could enter into this personal relationship with us and we could with you, so we could enter into friendship with God. You came into the world to seek all souls, and our Lord is seeking you and me right now because we are those souls in this generation on this earth. And he established a church as a way that we could be with him and he could remain with us. And he seeks the person, his personal relationship of friendship with each one of us. That's what the spiritual life is all about. It's not about doing lots of things, fulfilling rules, doing lots of different just acts of piety. Ultimately, each one is a way of entering into a personal relationship with Jesus whether it's reading the scripture a little bit, listening to his words, sitting down to pray with him, meditating on his life through the rosary with his mother, 
whatever it may be, the goal of each act of piety is to develop a personal relationship with Jesus, to spend time with him, to listen, to be formed by him, to realize his love for us. What is my command to you, Jesus says? Love one another. It's as simple as that and clear. What does God want of us? They asked him, Lord, what is the greatest commandment of the law? Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, your whole strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's why we're here on earth. That's all we have to do in order to get to heaven. That's what God wants us to do. It's to reach out, especially in friendship to other people. To leave behind those little idols of selfishness that can catch us, that we can become attached to. And then we forget people. We overlook people. We blow right by people. They're not important because I have my goals to achieve, my personal things. So many people today are bachelors because they don't want the hassle of living with another person, of having children, because it slows them down from what they want for themselves. And they end up worshiping little idols of pleasure, of selfishness, of career, of money. But we can learn from our Lord when we spend time with him how to love. We see that you came seeking us. You came into the wor this world to save us. And you taught us how to love. And this is an important thing that if we learn from the life of Jesus, we can learn how to love the others. If we can learn how he loves us, we can learn how to love the others. How to really be a friend, to be a better friend. Those two disciples had felt love before. They knew the look of Jesus, the look of love Jesus had, that had filled them before with enthusiasm. Their hearts burned within them as he talked to them on the way. The stranger seemed so familiar to them, but they couldn't put their finger on why as he spoke to them. Something stirred within them as you spoke on the way, as you showed that interest, that love. And Lord, teach us this, how to love others so we can love the others. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we'll know how to if we make the sacrifice to learn how to love Jesus, make friendship with Jesus, we'll know how to love the others. And sometimes in our life, we have a friend who really knows how to be a friend, who knows how to sacrifice himself for us. And we can learn from that friend how to really be a friend. I remember the, what we call the postulator for the cause of canonization of St. Jose Maria was a priest of Opus Dei named Flavio Capucci, an Italian. And you, he used to say that he never knew anyone in his life who loved him, loved him as much as St. Jose Maria. 
any real sense of being loved by that man. Because St. Josemaria was so close to Jesus that he knew how to, his whole life was to, to pour love on other people, to draw out the best in other people, to give himself to other people, to really be a friend. And this is the beginning of the apostle that Christians, ordinary Christians, have to carry out in the world. It starts with friendship. The friendship we learned from you, Lord. The friendship that's, that you showed for us by dying on the cross. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish men and slow to believe the full message of the prophets. Was it not fitting that the Christ should suffer and so enter into his glory? Then starting with Moses and going through all the prophets, he explained to them the passages throughout the scriptures that were about himself. When they drew near the village to which they were going, he made as if to go on, but they pressed him to stay with them. Stay with us. It is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Now while he was at table, he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. But he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They set out that instant, full of joy, and returned to Jerusalem, running. There they found the eleven assembled together with their companions who said to them, Yes, it is true, the Lord is risen. He has appeared to Simon. Then they told their story, what had happened on the road, and how they had recognized him in the breaking of the bread. You, Lord, give them a crucial insight into friendship when you tell them, was it not fitting that the Christ should suffer and so enter into its glory? And he says, don't you see that suffering is the gateway of love? There is no love without suffering. St. Josemaria used to say, suffering is a touchstone of love. If we're not willing to suffer for someone, there's no love there. Love means suffering for a person. And if we really love, if we really have a relationship, we're going to have to suffer for that person and for those children. For a wife, for kids, to build something great takes suffering, takes effort, takes dying to self. Because a friendship, a marriage, love is greater than us. We have to live for something greater than us and to serve, to love, is greater than us. And a family, a friendship, takes that suffering. And that was part of the whole plan that Jesus talked about before his resurrection, before his death. He said, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. In order to bear fruit in this life, we have to be ready to die to ourselves, to our selfishness, to our comfort, to our ego, to our impurity, our temptations. Don't you get it? Friendship takes sacrifice. We have to go out of our way for others. I remember, we gotta really care for others. Do I really care for others? Or do I just care for myself and take care of myself? I remember a friend in grad school who had got 
caught up in boxing, boxing, um, intramural boxing match or program. And so he got behind in his studies, and he was in grad school. Was, I think he was getting an MBA at the time, and he was behind. And one of his friends, who was from a Latin American country, Uruguay, I think, stayed up with him till 3 a.m. the night before the exam, going over the stuff that he had missed in class. And he was so grateful. He said afterwards, you know, that's very unusual here for someone in my country, someone to do that. And the Uruguayan said, well, my country is very normal for a friend to take care of a friend. We know so much in our country, we're always competing, we can be cutthroat, people trying to compete and get ahead of everybody else in class. But this person had stayed up at 3 a.m. just helping his friend. We have to go out of our way. Have true friendship takes that effort. You, Lord, make that effort to come into the world to win our friendship. You lay down your life. You marry into the tabernacle. What are you seeking? Our friendship, a personal relationship that we might have. That we might then learn how to be friends to others. And that we might bring many people to this divine friendship and glory of heaven. That's what it's all about. And the path is friendship. And Jesus makes as if to go on, that he, that he wasn't staying where they were stopping. And they say, no, stay with us. It's getting late. Mani nubiscum domine. In a certain sense, Jesus wants us to say, stay with us, Lord. Stay with us. It's getting late. They, they didn't want him to go along, to leave. They didn't want him to leave them. They, wanted to, they invited him into the house. They want him to stay. We can say that too. Lord, stay with us. Because it's getting late and it's dark. And I'm alone. Stay with me, Lord, because I don't know the way. Stay with me, Lord, because I can't make it through this way of life alone. Stay with me, Lord, because I am very weak. Stay with me, Lord, because I'm a sinner. Stay with us, Lord, because only with you will I have the light and the strength to make it all the way. I can't do it by myself. Stay with me, Lord, to teach me to be a friend to others. And he stays with them. And then unusually, in an unusual way, because the head of the home usually breaks the bread and gives it out, Jesus breaks the bread. He gives it. And they recognize him. Because the breaking of the bread is what the first Christians called the Mass. When he broke the bread, transformed into his body and blood, and gives it to us. And he comes to remain with every Christian, every Catholic who wants to receive him in the Eucharist. In those moments when we receive him in the Eucharist, it is Emmaus. He makes that miracle to come and be with us. So we have to end. Supported in friendship, we're supported by one another in order to travel along life's paths. We need friends. We need to be a friend. To make our hopes into realities, to overcome the difficulties to enjoy the fruits of our labors, hence the great importance, both humanly and supernaturally, of friendship. The first young people, the prelate of Opus Dei writes in his letter on friendship, the first young people who came in contact with the work in the 1930s found around St. Josemaria a genuine atmosphere of friendship. That was the first thing that attracted them 
and kept them united in very difficult times. Friendship multiplies our joys and offers comfort in our sorrows. A Christian's friendship desires the greatest happiness, a relationship with Jesus Christ for those who are close to him or her. If we have a deep friendship, a real friendship with others, we share what's deep in our heart, which our desire, our friendship with Jesus, our desire to get to heaven. Let us pray as St. Josemaria did. Give us, Jesus, hearts to the measure of your heart. That's the path. Only by identifying ourselves with Christ's feelings, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. St. Paul says, will we be able to, through our friendships, to bring that full happiness to our home, to our work, in every place we find ourselves? Or we could ask our Mother Mary, who learned so much from Jesus. She learned from him really how to love. Teach me, Mother Mary, how to love the others. How to realize that the most important thing in my life is not the successes security, the money I get, what people think of me, but really how much love I give and how much love I receive. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.